What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan, and today is a takeaways episode. And if you're new here, what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and I talk to you about the most recent podcast episode of the week. And today, we're discussing my conversation with Ryan Carter. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Ryan and you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, no worries. Ryan is the founder of Hoist. And Hoist is a company with the Instagram Instagram account of its name, at H-O-E-S-T, with over 2 million followers on Instagram and over 1.5 million followers on TikTok. And I was lucky enough to get Ryan on the podcast um, because, one, this was his first interview ever. Uh, which is really cool that he was willing to come on. The, he's been also just so a little bit of context. He's been running Hollis for over or about five years now. He started it when he was 15. He's 20 years old now. Um, and in that five years, he's only ever done one other interview. He's never done a podcast. So I was very fortunate to get him on the podcast on my social life. And I'm trying to remember how Ryan and I actually met. I believe it was after episode number 69 with Abdu Sar. Um, I believe Ryan would have followed me or he, or I followed him. somehow he found, he found me through Abdu because Abdu would have shared one of the posts that I made about him and Ryan found me that way. And I remember he, I don't know if he followed me, if he liked my post or, but I remember that I went on his account and it had like at Hoist in his, in his Instagram bio and I like stared at it and I was like, like that Hoist, like that meme account. Like, cause I was a familiar with Hoist before I'd, I'd ever, ever met Ryan. And I just remember looking at it and I was like trying to figure it out. Like, cause it didn't say like owner of Hoist. All it said was like at Hoist. And I was like trying to make like, is it actually his? Cause like his account only has four photos. So there wasn't a lot for me to like base that on. And, um, sure enough, Ryan owns, Ryan owns Hoist. But I'm just like sitting there like trying to like figure it out if it was actually his or not. Like that's what that means. Right. Like having that in the bio. Um, but either way, that was a while ago now because like the Ryan was episode 105, Abdu was episode number 69. So it's been a significant period of time since I recorded with Abdu. I think just almost um, probably eight, nine months. I mean, Ryan and I have gone back and forth a couple different times on Instagram. And finally, I was like, you know what, man? Like, I'd love to have you on the podcast to kind of talk about everything you're building with Hoist. And he was down. He was all for it. And so I was lucky enough to get his first ever podcast interview and it was actually a bit of a challenge preparing for this specific podcast because, like I said, there's nothing on the internet about Ryan. He has four, four photos on Instagram and only the one article written about him, which I actually want. I shouted it out on the podcast, but I want to give it a shout out again because without this article, I would be going in pretty much blind to this interview. But I was fortunate enough where uh, earlier this year, Ryan was featured by The Charlatan, which is a newspaper for Carleton University, which is here in Ottawa, Canada, where I record the podcast. And the article is written by Jillian Piper. So shout out to Jillian Piper for putting this together. It's a fantastic article. I highly recommend you guys check it out. It is Teens Meme Dreams, which is is the title of the article. If you just search up Ryan Carter Hoist, I'm pretty sure it's like the number one result. Um, but yeah, it was a really well-written article. There's a ton of good information that I was able to pull for this podcast. But like normally I'm pulling from like four podcasts that someone's been on, like three, four, five articles, three, four YouTube videos, other interviews, anything I can find. I'm pulling a ton of information from a lot of different places and then I organize it into a chronological order that makes sense and the whole thing. But with Ryan, it was literally the one interview. So in a sense, it was harder to prepare, but it was also easier to prepare because I didn't have to do as much digging 
and it was already pretty much in a nice chronological order for me. So I didn't have to do as much work in the end um, preparing, but it was just harder to put it all together. So I was trying to pull questions from other interviews I did or other information I knew and just tried to find an interesting way to kind of see it all together. And I think it came out good. I, I really enjoyed my conversation with Ryan. I'm actually planning to meet up with him at some point soon in the near future, both of us living in, in the same city. Uh, we've recorded remote still. Um, I still try my best not to do a ton of, ton of in-person podcasts right now. Um, but either way, it was still a really good podcast. Shout out to him. He had the blue Yeti mic. So the audio sounds super crispy. Um, but we'll get into some of the takeaways here that I had after talking with Ryan. And the first one being is just, I don't know. I have wrote down the maturity, but I don't even know if that's the right word. I don't know. Wherewithal. I don't even know what wherewithal means, but I feel like wherewithal is the right word I'm looking for here, but just the, we'll say the awareness and the ability to turn down the offer he got someone. So he got approached to sell his company and they offered him $750,000 to buy the Hoist brand, which encompasses both his Instagram and TikTok and every other asset he has for Hoist, $750,000. And this was about a year ago, I want to say now, because he said it was at the beginning of his second year of university right after he dropped out and he dropped out pretty early. And they offered him $750,000. And he said, no. Now, ask yourself and genuinely ask yourself if somebody approached you, I don't even like, it's hard to, hard to like for the regular person, like you or I, who doesn't have like a brand, the size of the one Ryan's built over five years. Um, but imagine someone comes to you and offers you $750,000 for your set, not for your Instagram account. Cause it's against terms of service, but for your brand, 750 grand. Would you be able to turn it down? If you put yourself in Ryan's shoes, would you be able to turn it down? $750,000 is a lot of money. A lot of money. Like, let's look up the, like, hold on, like, just to put that into context, like for the average, I'll say, can, well, average American yearly income. All right. So $59,000 is the average American income. So if we look at that, $750,000 divided by 59,000 would take you almost 13 years to make that much money for the average person to make that much money. 13 years. And Ryan could have done it with the stroke of a pen. And he decided not to. He turned it down. Now, granted, Ryan makes more than the average American does. I think in the article it says $150,000 to $250,000. So when you look at it that way, it does make a little bit more sense that he he can make that much money in like three or four years ish, depending on how things play out. Um, if everything goes well and he keeps growing, but he could make that money in three, four, five years. But he, but still, even if it's at the five years, he could just fast forward five years, sign that deal and then have 750, almost three quarters of a million dollars. And he's a smart guy. Like just listening to him talk, like he, I wouldn't doubt him to have the ability to start another project or venture and grow that as well. But he decided to turn it down. And I think that do I think was the right decision? I think so. I think like I said, he can make that back. He can grow the brand even bigger so he could continue to make that money. And maybe if he decides to sell it down the road, it's bigger. He has some pretty big plans for the account. And I think it was the right decision. I mean, granted, like that's from an outsider's perspective with just a little bit of context on the deal. 
But I just think like that was just a takeaway for me to be able, especially at 19, like if you'd offered me $750,000 at 19 years old, I don't know. I probably, I probably, I want to say I wouldn't have taken, but who knows, right? I may probably would have. Um, but so just to be able to be at 19 years old, to be offered that much money and to turn it down is just wildly impressive. The second takeaway that I have is just the amount of work that goes into running a meme page. Like you wouldn't think it's that much work, right? Like what you just post memes on the internet all day, like whatever, which I understand where that, that mentality mindset can come from. But when you listen to Ryan explain when he's in, in, as he describes it, grind mode, when he's going all out on the account, just the amount of work that it takes. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to just be paid to post on Instagram. But I don't know if you actually would. I don't know if a lot of people would like to get paid to post and do the work that, and in the way that Ryan does it on Instagram. 20 to 50 posts a day in the feed, not including like a 25 story, like 25 to 50 posts a day, a day in the feed. And Ryan tries to be the first one to post that meme on social media. So he's constantly on TikTok and Twitter and looking and searching and all like trying to find content and trying to be the first to find the content. And he's always searching. I think he's like every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, he's posting again and again and again and again, all day, every day. He's taking some time off now, but he says he can see a direct correlation from lowering his post volume to the amount of followers he's getting. Like he took the break. He's at 2 million 2 million followers. He went from 1.6 million to 2 million, I think from January to April. So he went 400,000 followers in a few months. And then since then, in the four months after he took a break, he only gained, I think he said 75,000 followers. So there's a direct correlation between the amount of work he was putting in and the amount of followers he was getting as a result. So it's not like he's set now where he can just post twice a day and it's whatever. Like he still has to post a ton on Instagram. And I just don't think a lot of people realize how much work we're running those pages is. He's posted over 12,000 times on Instagram. And from my understanding, he's the only person that's ever posted on that account. He's personally posted 12,000 times. That's a crazy number. And it's a long days and it's every day, every single day every day like you you can't take a day off otherwise your account suffers you have to be on every day you have to be posting replying to people searching for content asking people for permission to use their content like it's just a crazy it's an insane amount of work and which kind of leads me into the next point is the again back to the awareness and the ability to turn that bar or the the deal is the awareness that he had to make the decision to step back. And I think that is a decision that people struggle with, myself included, um, to have the ability to s- slow down a little bit with your work life, especially when you love it. It's hard, but just because you love something doesn't mean you can't burn out from it. And I think that's an, I feel like there's, there's the conversations around, well, if you love what you do, you'll never get tired of it. And I think there's some credibility to that but i also think that no matter what hard work is hard work right like you need to take breaks it's impossible not to take not to waste time not to take take breaks and i just think the awareness to do that again just an an impressive decision because it's something that i 
have never been good at. And I'm working towards that right now with my current business because I kind of have a little bit more ability to do that and be a little bit more flexible with my time. But even so, like I personally feel like if I'm not working, I'm falling behind, right? Or if I take my foot off the gas pedal a little bit, I'm falling behind. And while there is some, some sense of truth to that, I think that it depends on what you look at as what you're, where you're winning, because you could be winning with, by going all out of work and just busting your ass every day, you could win there, but maybe your social life sucks because they're not, okay, (laughs) that's my favorite thing when I do that. Um, If like your social life sucks and suffers, so you're losing in your social life because you're winning at work and then you're losing in your personal relationships because your family, you're losing that there as well. You're losing on mindset because you're not taking the time to read and meditate and learn. Maybe you're losing in personal fitness because you're not going to the gym because you're always at work. You're always working, right? So it's like, yes, I understand where that comes from within young entrepreneurs, myself included, of feeling like you have to just be go, go, go all the time or you're falling behind. But if you're just falling, but look at it this way. If you're not falling behind at work, you're falling behind somewhere else. And finding that balance, it's not an easy thing to do. Like I said, it's something I'm still working at, something I'm figuring out. I mean, still working at, I've just kind of really started working at it and something that's going to take me a while to figure out. But it's important. Balance is important. I think that Ryan deciding to take that step back, which in the long run doesn't benefit Hoist. Like he says, he probably with everyone home because of COVID probably should have doubled down on Hoist and tried to grow it a ton and just kept pushing. But he knew that that wasn't going to be good for him long-term. It might've been better. It might've been good for Hoist, but it wasn't gonna be good for Ryan. And at the end of the day, if you personally as a human being aren't okay, if you aren't good, how can you expect anything else you do to be good, right? Like how can you run a business well if you yourself aren't well? If you're not doing okay, how can you, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just tough. And I think to kind of further this point of taking the step back was I asked Ryan if he regrets it. In hindsight now, him fully acknowledging that Hoist would have been better off had he not slowed down. Could have been like, wouldn't obviously better off in the fact that when he takes a step back, things don't perform as well. But especially considering the fact that with COVID and everyone being inside on their phones, it really could have helped them grow. And fully admitting that fact, I asked him, do you regret it then with that in mind, with the fact that you really could have helped kind of popped it off and take another big step with the account? And he said he didn't. He didn't regret it. He doesn't regret his decision. And he's feeling better because of it. And I think that's just an important thing to note. And that he he doesn't regret his decision. And so if you're kind of there, you're teetering on the brink. If you're thinking you need to take a step back, odds are you need to take a step back, right? If you're at the point where you're like, man, I, I should probably take a break. Like you're really thinking about it. I just listen to yourself because taking a break, slowing down isn't a bad thing. I don't think you should do it for long. Like I don't think Ryan should take this break for two or three years, especially if you're young, like your 20s are your time to go. I get that. Your 20s are your time to work hard and bust your ass. I'm not saying not to do that. And I think that's important to do that. But I also think that you don't want to do it to the point where you're running yourself into the ground. 
because then you're not going to be happy. And what's the point of doing, what's the point of, of building a successful business if you're not going to be happy in the long run? I think we talked about this last week on last week's takeaways. I could be misremembering, but what's the point, right? Make sure you're okay. And if you need to take a step back to breathe, you got to do it. And speaking of happiness, let's, let's talk about happiness as a, when it comes to social media. I have a quote here from Ryan. I can't for the life of me remember where he said this in the podcast. It's the problem when I edit the podcast and then record the takeaways like five to seven days later, I don't, all the details get a little bit fuzzy. Um, but the quote I have is if I base my happiness of, on follower count, I'm never going to be happy or satisfied. And I think that's important. I know that's important. I should say that. I mean, there's the science behind the like dopamine and what the more likes you get, it leads. I mean, the the social dilemma came out. I haven't actually watched it yet at the time of recording this. It's September 25th. Um, But there's a whole science as to why social media is addictive and why, 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 whoa, words, why social media is addictive and why we may equate our engagement to our happiness. But it's so important not to do that. And because if you base it on likes and on followers, then you're never actually going to be happy because today we'll say, well, let's use myself personally, my personal, it's not my personal, my public Instagram at the Jacob Kelly. If you're free to follow me there, like my photos, send me a message. My DMs are always open. Um, but if I, so we'll say on average, we'll say 150 likes makes me happy right now, right? 150 likes. Now, what if, what if in a year I'm still getting 150 likes? I'm probably not going to want 150 likes in a year. I'm hoping I'll have grown my social media to some degree and I'm getting 200 likes in a year. So even if it stays on 1,000% consistent, I'm getting 150 likes next year, I'm probably going to be upset because I think I should have grown and I should, be, I should have more followers and more likes and I'm not getting it. And, and basically, as you grow on social media, you're always going to want more and more and more and more and more. That's just how we're wired. We have a thousand followers now. Oh, I'm going to want, okay, well, now I hit a thousand. I want like 2,000. Oh, I hit 2,000. Okay, now I want 5,000 followers. Oh, I hit 5K. Let's, let's, get to, let's get to 10K. Oh, I passed 10K. Okay, now my goal is 25K. Let's go. Like there's always that growth mindset. You're always going to want more, 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 more. So if you base your happiness on, your, on these vanity metrics that don't actually mean shit, then you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy. Because if you're basing your happiness on likes from other people, you're putting your happiness in the hands of other people. You're putting your happiness in the validation of others. That's what makes you happy. And I do understand that validation from other people is important. And I myself personally, I gain a lot of satisfaction from validation from other people. But I think that, I don't know if validation is the right word validation validate we'll roll with validation but a like on social media is the smallest simplest most or the least genuine form of validation out there all it takes is literally not even a second to double tap a photo and keep scrolling like maybe they didn't even like you're basing it on things that really is so insignificant that you'll never be happy if you base your happiness around social around social media and likes and followers 
You'll never be happy. Find other ways. And I mean, like, that's just, I mean, that, that sounds extremely arrogant. Just find other ways to be happy, man. Be happy other ways. Like, it's hard to do that. But I would just search for other things that make you happy and do those things and put your place your happiness there. Time with family, time with friends. Because, like I said, social media, and it's constantly changing. You're not in control. So that's all I'll say on that. I don't even, I don't have a way to, to, to kind of wrap that into a bow, but I'll just say, don't place your happiness in how many likes you're getting on Instagram. Next is one of, is just the sacrifices Ryan made to get to where he is. And this is probably going to, it's going to sound like a contradiction to taking a step back. And like I said, too, taking a step back is important, but not long-term. And Ryan took a step back after putting in the work. Don't take your break before you've put the work in. Put the work in and then take a break when you need to. And Ryan, to his credit, like I said, took the break when he knew he needed it. And before then, he worked his ass off. He didn't go out as much as he probably could have, especially in high school. He has a little bit of um, carpal tunnel. Is that the right? No, arthritis. He's a little bit of arthritis from holding his phone so much. And he's, but he's, he's, Made put in, he's made a lot of sacrifices to get to where he is today. And I think that that's important. No matter what you're doing, you're going to have to make some sacrifices along the way. And you have to be consistent. It's Ryan put the work in consistently and the work compounds, right? There's compounded interest when you put the work in. Every day you put the work in again and again consistently. If you do it every day, every week again and again and again and again that work compounds over time and it's so important it's that was what ryan says the biggest lesson he's learned from running the account and running this business is just how important consistency is just showing up every single day is important right ryan took no days off from posting he was go 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 all day every day like i said and the consistency is important. Whatever you want to do, and again, try not to miss, try not to kind of blur the lines between why, when and why you need to take a break versus when and why you need to put the work in. I think there's a place for both of them. I think the work is extremely important. It has to be done. And like, especially in your early 20s, it's time to go. I think there's times to take a break. Your breaks shouldn't be very extended breaks. But I think that back shout out to Mally Rowan building without burnout is important and when you're encroaching on that burnout territory take a break you're not a hero and you don't need to push through it but up to that point before you feel like or even a little bit before you are encroaching on having a burnout of burning out bust your ass put the work in and do it consistently you're never going to grow i mean yeah it's possible but by and large you're never going to grow on social media by showing up every two every other tuesday once once a week, every couple of weeks, whenever you kind of feel like it, every day showing up. And that's the thing. You're not going, and by being consistent, you're going to have bad days. I think that's an important thing to remember. You're not going to show up. If you show up every day, you're not going to be on your A game every single day, right? You're going to have bad days. And I think that's okay. That's, an, that's a thing that you have to remember. That it's okay for those days to happen because just showing up is half the battle. And even if you show up and you have a shit day, you're further ahead than if you hadn't shown up at all. And the thing is, though, even if, you, and if you're not consistent, if you show up sporadically, you're still going to have bad days when you show up sporadically. And when you have bad days showing up sporadically, those bad days 
don't get, don't balance out as much with your good days, right? So say, let's say you show up just for example, let's say every, I don't even know how to explain this. Every third day you have a bad, <laughs> upsetting. Every 10 days you have a bad day. Okay. Let's put it that way. You have a bad day every 10 days. That means in a given month, what is that? 10% of your days will be bad days, right? Three out of 30 bad days versus if you're showing up once a week and every, you have a bad day every 10 days. I'm trying to use math. This is not working, but either way, all I'm saying is you're still going to have bad days. Even you show up consistently, but those bad days are going to be, are going to stand out more because your good days are going to be few and farther between. So I just think that showing up, being consistent, working every single day, putting a little bit of work in and all it takes is a little bit. If you're having a bad day, just show up, get a little bit of work done. And if you're, if you're, if you can't push through, take that break, take that break there. You don't have to work like going back on what I just said. You don't have to work yourself up to the point of a burnout and then take that break right before you burn out. Take little breaks along the way. You take that big break when you feel like you're going to burn out. But along the way, if you're having a bad day and you just can't push through, take the break if you need it. But show up every single day. Be consistent. It's so important. This is just a small takeaway that I had. Um, it was just a term I never heard before, but it makes total sense. And it just shows that even myself being in the industry in marketing for a while, working specifically within social media, um, there's still things I can learn every single day. And I'd never heard of NIF and NIF stood for nothing in front. And that's when for a page like Ryan's where he's posting 20, 25, 50 times a day, when he does a sponsored post, they don't want him to post like five times immediately after he posts the sponsorship and it gets lost deep in the feed. Um, so they'll put in their contracts, nothing in front for 30, 45, 60 minutes. Um, so that's what NIF stands for. Nothing in front. And that was just a small little thing, but something that I was like, Oh, I'd never heard that before. That makes sense. But it was interesting. I'm just grabbing a drink here. I do these one take, no edit. And I'm talking a lot more than I do in a regular podcast. So that's actually interesting. I wonder how have you added up the total amount of time I talk in a regular podcast? Like how much time would that be if you just put them all back to back to back? Probably like not even 15, 20 minutes, if that. Um, but anyways, maybe more than that. I don't know. Uh, but moving on back to Ryan. Speaking of his ads that I just mentioned there is Ryan said that he's his best performing content. He's, he's posted ads that have outperformed his organic content. And you're like, how can that be? That's if your content looks organic. And I'm not saying to like not hashtag paid or hashtag ad, but whatever, all that stuff on there and clarify it's much because you have to do that. I'm definitely not recommending not to do that. Always, always, always without a fail. Make sure it is clear that it is a sponsored post. You do not want to deal with the negative the negative reaction of you posting sponsored content and not making that clear. So please do that in all instances, please. But outside of that, making the the content itself look like your regular content does. And it's so important. It comes across as authentic. It's fits the feed. It, you're some, it's not out of place because your audience, it looks like what they're used to consuming. And I just think that's so, so, so important. It's been talked about so many times on this podcast and like I've seen it personally. You see it all the time where brands try to have a bit of a stranglehold on that content and you can't do that. 
because the more authentic content looks, the more it looks like content that people are used to consuming, the better it's going to perform. Because if it looks like content they're used to, they're going to engage with it. If it looks like content they're not familiar with that the creator doesn't normally post, that the audience isn't, doesn't want to see, they're not going to engage with it. And I know it can be a little bit scary as a brand. You can still review content. You can still give feedback, but don't try to direct the content too much. Give as much creative freedom as possible to the influencer that you're partnering with because it's only going to make your campaign more successful. I know you want your brand to look a certain way and you want it to be represented properly and it can still be represented properly and in a tasteful way, but in the style of that creator. And I just think that talking to Ryan who does has done a ton of brand post, a ton of sponsored posts for different brands that he's done. He has the experience to know this. And he said that he's had the best ones look like they belong and they've outperformed some of his regular content, which as a brand is all you can really ask for. You want that awareness and as much engagement, which leads to more as much awareness as you can possibly get from these campaigns. So just relinquish some of that creative control and give it to the creator because they know what they're doing. They are a creator for a reason. I got two points left here and I have eight minutes until a call with a client. So let's try and power through these. I don't think this is going to take eight minutes, but the other one, a couple other takeaways. The first one being is Ryan has a year's salary put away already. One year's salary. And sorry, not salary. I should clarify. He has one year worth of expenses covered. So if, for example, Instagram and TikTok in some weird future get shut down at the exact same time and everything goes away tomorrow, Ryan is okay. He doesn't need to rush into anything. He doesn't have to get a job right away. He can just breathe and kind of get his feet underneath him. And I think that's super smart. I think that's important to have. I know for some people that's not possible. And I understand that. And I empathize with that situation. But if you can, start putting money away. And ever, like whether that's investing or just saving, because you're going to want even just like cover your expenses for a year. And some people like, I just think, I don't even know what takeaway I have that I was just impressed that he has that much money put away. I think that's impressive. And I feel like a lot of 19 year olds, because he just turned 20, 19, 20 year olds, you give them that much money. I don't think saving is going to be their number one priority, right? I think that spending it, <laughs> living to your new means is what a lot of people are going to want to do. And I'm just, I was just impressed with the fact that Ryan saved it, saved that much money because I know a lot of, like I said, a lot of 19, 20 year olds, you give them that much money. That's not, it's not destined for a savings account. Um, and there was just, Ryan was just an impressive guy altogether. And like, I, he plans to grow a pretty big company with host. He's not capping it at memes. He has plans to hire people and all this stuff. And I have full faith and confidence that he can do it. Um, after getting the chance to speak with him for an hour and a half, like I said, I've used the word impressive and I'm impressed many times. And I feel like that makes me sound really old, even though Ryan and I are like three years apart, like it's nothing crazy. Uh, but I just think back to like three years, 20 to 23 is a pretty developmental time in your life. And I just think back to where I was at, at 20, like it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Cause I feel like I'm not more, not more mature. I don't know how to explain it, but um, I do relate to Ryan in some, some aspects, but I still think there's other people that I know and like other 19 and 20 year olds that I knew around that time. I just don't think a lot of them would have handled it in the way Ryan has handled it. I think he's handled it in a really good way. And I think that he's smart as hell and he's going to grow this company and I'm excited to watch it grow. And he was talking about how he wants to hire talent and grow it out like a bar stool. And I think that's going to be so, so much fun to watch and to watch Ryan play in this space because you just look at what he's built already. Sky's the limit. 
sky's the limit for Ryan. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I can always, again, point back to this interview here and say, hey, I had his, his first podcast was with Ryan Carter from Hoist. Um, but so that's, that's going to be really cool a couple of years down the line. But I want to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. Whether you listen the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking the time to check this out. And do me a big favor, guys. Go and follow Ryan on Instagram. He's at Ryan Carter, C-A-R-R-T-E-R. I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes down below. Make sure you follow Hoas as well. They're con- they they being Hoas, Hoas being Ryan. Um, Ryan's constantly sharing some funny stuff on Hoas, so make sure you follow him there. Also, be sure to link the article from Jillian Piper in the show notes as well. Definitely give that a read. It's a very good, very good article. I highly recommend you check that out. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. If you'd like to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at, at my social life podcast or YouTube by searching up my social life. If you enjoyed this takeaways, you enjoyed listening to me rant for the last 32 minutes. If you asked me what I started this podcast with, I probably couldn't tell you. Um, cause I literally just kind of black out and rant for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please leave a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews you get, the more it helps new people find this show. And it really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. Last but not least, if you enjoyed it, make sure, make sure to subscribe. I put up brand new interviews every single Monday and these takeaways episodes as an audio exclusive every single Thursday. Make sure to screenshot this, post it to your Instagram story, tag myself at the Jacob Kelly, tag Ryan at, at Ryan Carter with two R's, like I said, and I'll feature you on my account and send you a message as well. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.